Hello! We're glad you've joined us again. In this week's story, Penelope Learns Discernment, Daddy and Mama Peters decide that Pearson and Penelope will play on an organized baseball and softball team for the first time. At the first practice, Penelope's coach gives a list of three rules. He uses some expressions that don't set well with her and that she's heard before. She and Daddy Peters have a good discussion about it on the way home from practice. As usual, included in this week's story is a hymn title or a line from a hymn. If you hear it, email us your answer to whimsywins at gmail.com. And if yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. The hymn from last week's story, Pearson's Puffed Up Friend, was All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Last week's winner was Phoebe from Concord, California. So let's hear it for Phoebe! We also want to encourage you, especially if you're a new listener, to go back and listen to the stories that you may have missed. Within this week's story, Pearson thinks back to a race that he ran and came in dead last, which is referred to in the story Pearson's Peter's Race. That's a great story, so take the time to listen to it when you have a chance. Now let's listen to this week's story, Penelope Learns Discernment. It was while sitting around the dinner table on a Thursday evening in late February that Daddy Peter seemed to have something important to say. However, Pearson and Penelope were also particularly chatty that evening, so Daddy Peters had some trouble getting a word in edgewise. Pearson was busy entertaining Mama Peters, well, that's the way he viewed it, with stories of scootering glory at the skate park, and Penelope was chatting incessantly with the babies who were sitting in their bouncy chairs at her feet. When will the babies get to eat normal food, Daddy Peters? Penelope asked, though this wasn't her first time asking the same question. Oh, probably in about three months. They'll get to eat soft and mushy foods. I think Mama Peters likes to start the little ones with rice cereal and then some avocado. You'll see. I can't wait. I so want to feed them. I want to use the little tiny spoons in the drawer. Did I use those too? Yes, honey, you did. Oh, they're so cute and little. Heather says that she wishes she could have babies in her family. But she says her parents always laugh when she says that. I feel sad for her. Babies are the best. Yes, they are, honey. Anyway, I can't really remember what it was like before the babies came. It's kind of hard to remember what I did all the time. Daddy smiled at Penn. They certainly have brought a whole lot of delight to our family, Daddy Peters answered. Penn! You're not listening at all. Did you hear about me landing my first heel whip today? It was so awesome! Pearson wanted the attention of the entire family, not just Mama Peters, when he was talking about his scootering. Cool! Good job, bro! Though Penelope was exuberant in her praise, she wasn't about to take her eyes off the babies. Okay, I think I'm ready to take a turn with the talking, Daddy Peters said authoritatively. I need everyone to listen up. Immediately, everyone went silent. Daddy Peters' big voice indicated that he was about to say something important and Penelope and Pearson were at once on the edge of their seats. They glanced over at Mama Peters, who didn't seem phased at all. Penelope figured rightly that Mama Peters was probably already in on the news, whatever it was. Pearson? Nellie? Mama Peters and I have been talking a lot about what we think is worth our family's time, and you know we've avoided some extracurricular activities that your peers enjoy. But we want to stick with what's best and what works for our family. Our goal is to raise you in the fear and admonition of the Lord. 
as the verse in Ephesians exhorts parents to do. So we've been praying that even in the small things, we would be motivated by our purpose as parents. Pearson and Penelope, who were listening intently, nodded, and though they understood the context, they weren't sure that they were following everything Daddy Peters was saying. But they were wise enough not to interrupt, because Daddy Peters was definitely going somewhere with this. That's why we have decided that this year we would like to put you both into a baseball and softball league. We signed you up to play for Evergreen Baseball Association. This will mean a lot of time of practice and games, but I played sports growing up and football in college, as you know, and I see that there can be a lot of value to sports. Plus, I think you'll have a lot of fun. Pearson let out a loud, Yee-haw! But Penelope's response was a bit more muted. She wasn't sure just what to think, so she didn't have any response. Penelope was concentrating hard on what Daddy Peters had just announced, and he was aware of her silence. What do you think, Pen? Well, I'm super nervous about it, Daddy Peters. I mean, what if I stink? And, and, and what if I make my team lose every game? And what if I let my team down? Wow, that's sure a lot of what ifs. Nellie, I knew you would be fearful, my darling. Remember, though, we are going to be right there with you. I signed up to be an assistant coach on your team and on Pearson's team. I think it's going to work out nicely. And even when I'm not there, who is always with you? I know, Daddy Peters. God is. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm so nervous. Tell you what we'll do starting tomorrow. Let's get in some practicing. You guys will come home from school and we'll do some throwing and fielding and hitting. Your actual team practices start next week. So we will make sure that you have put in a good deal of work before we get there, okay? Pearson again let out a hoot. And Penelope nodded, nervously, but somewhere down deep inside, she was excited too. Over the next few days, Daddy Peters was as good as his word. He spent every daytime moment of freedom out in the backyard with Pearson and Penelope. The weather had been slowly warming up, and they found themselves stripping off their jackets as they practiced hard. Penelope was proving to be quite the player, with a strong arm and a pretty good swing. Daddy Peters was pleased at her ability. Pearson was right where Daddy Peters expected him to be, an athlete through and through, and he thrived on athletics and hard work. Of course, his competitiveness had to be tempered a bit, as Daddy Peters frequently reminded him that even in playing, his goal should be to bring God glory. That's not easy for an eight-year-old to remember. It wasn't that Pearson didn't love God, because he did, but he felt like winning was in his blood, and that was the best reward ever. Mama Peters, who could often be seen watching them through the kitchen window, knew her son, and she was keenly aware of Pearson's tendencies to be proud about sports. She continually prayed for him to be humble and had her own admonitions when Pearson came inside from practice. Peers, remember, the talent you have is from the Lord, and you must use it to glorify Him and not yourself. I'm trying, Mama Peters, but I am loving baseball. I knocked a wiffle ball over the fence, and it was awesome. Yes, and that's marvelous. But God wants you to praise Him for doing that, and not to praise yourself. Pearson nodded his assent, and in that moment, and several moments throughout the practice days, God graciously brought Pearson's race flooding to his mind. It was the race at Evergreen Elementary a few months before when he was expected to win, but he had come in dead last. 
He cringed at the memory of losing the one-mile run, one of his better events. His pride and his refusal to listen to any racing strategies was his downfall. But he also quickly realized that that race could be used for a purpose in his baseball career, to not be proud, but to praise God for whatever the outcome was. He was determined to glorify God in his plane, even if he was only determined for a few minutes at a time. God would renew his determination through his Holy Spirit, and Pearson would work hard to bring praise to God and not to himself. Penelope, on the other hand, was far more inclined to be reserved about her abilities. Her nervousness and fears about playing had pretty much dissipated, and she was enjoying playing more than she thought. And it sure helped that Daddy Peters was the best coach ever. And Penelope was really enjoying herself in the backyard as they practiced day in and day out. But going to practice with a group of girls she didn't know would be entirely different. When the first day of practice for Penelope's team finally came around, she got off the school bus and dashed inside and put on her cleats, her hat, and she grabbed her softball glove along with her new bat bag and waited for Daddy Peters to get home. With all of her softball gear, she sat on the bottom stair, sweetly refusing any of Mama Peters' offers for food. I'm, I'm just too nervous, Mama Peters. I can't even think about eating without throwing up. I understand, sweet girl. I'm praying for you. And look at your sisters. They love you so much, too. Penelope glanced down at her twin sisters, who were staring back at her. They were beyond adorable. And for a brief moment, their cuteness and love for her allowed Penelope to forget about her anxiety. Daddy Peters came inside at that moment and greeted everyone with hugs and kisses. I'm going to run upstairs and change, and we'll be on our way. Okay, Slugger? With an affectionate pat on Penelope's head, Daddy Peters bolted upstairs. It was only about 30 minutes later that Penelope found herself on the softball field, warming up with Daddy. Some of the team had begun to arrive, and Daddy and Penelope walked over to the pitcher's mound, where all the girls were chatting excitedly. The head coach, Coach Connors, introduced himself to the team. He was a tall man with brown hair and a thin build. His daughter Sally was a tall blonde girl, who sweetly said hello to each girl on the team. Okay, ladies, Coach Connors began. Let me introduce myself and talk a little about what I expect. First, I have two daughters. You've already met Sally. She's my oldest. And Sarah is my youngest. Sarah is still in diapers, but soon she'll be out here throwing a softball around. I've had Sally playing since she was three. Right, Sal? Sally nodded, and Coach Connors continued. I think we're going to have a great year. You girls all look like whippersnappers to me. Now, before I learn your names and your favorite animals, I want to tell you a few of my rules. First thing, respect yourself. I want you all to remember that you loving and respecting yourself is the first step to loving and respecting others. That sounded a little funny to Penelope, but Coach Connors was such a nice man that she didn't think too hard about what he was saying. Although she did glance at Daddy Peters, who was looking directly back at her. Coach Connors went on. Second rule, if you make a mistake on the field, forgive yourself. We already forgive and love you, but you need to forgive yourself first. You're going to make lots of mistakes. Hey, we all do. But you have to be willing to forgive yourself and don't beat up yourself over your mistakes. Penelope certainly recognized that what Coach Connors was saying was not quite right somehow. She began to grow a little bit uncomfortable. 
even though he was a very kind man. But she took comfort, knowing that Daddy Peters was right there with her. Coach Connors was almost finished, but he had one last thing to say. And my final rule is for you to follow your hearts. If you find that sometime you don't want to play in a game, or you want to play another position, you just tell me, and we'll do our best to put you where you want to be. Your whole life, you're going to need to follow your heart. And that might mean you have to learn how to say a lot of no's. If you want to do something, follow that. We're here to support you. Okay, that's about all I have to say, except... My favorite animal is definitely a lion. Now, I'd love to hear what your favorites are. Penelope thought that Coach Connor's roar was hilarious, and it seemed to her that he was a lighthearted and fun coach. But there was still something inside of Penelope that wasn't feeling quite settled. However, she didn't have long to think about it because it was her turn to speak. Hi, my name is Penelope, and my very favorite animal is a monkey. Penelope laughed. <laughs> a little bit embarrassed, but still enjoying her time. She looked around at the smiling faces and at Daddy Peters who winked at her before he shared about himself. He said his favorite animal was a bear. Penelope smiled, feeling great affection and comfort that Daddy Peters was with her. As it turned out, practice was pretty fun, and Penelope excelled at all of the drills. She even hit a triple in a brief scrimmage and had so much fun trying to slide. But... On her first slide ever, she didn't exactly slide. It was more like a jump in the dirt. And she hurt her knee slightly. But still, she had a ton of fun doing it. And it helped that Coach Connors cheered and hooted and hollered for her from the pitcher's mound. After the completion of practice, all of the girls gathered in a circle and said a big loud cheer. They also decided together on their team name. It was to be Coach Connors' favorite animal, the lion's. And together they gave a loud roar and yelled, Go Lions! High fives were exchanged and practice was officially over for the day. Penelope took a seat on the bench and listened to Daddy Peter's chat with Coach Connors. This is a great group of girls we have here, Coach Connors remarked. Sure is. They all seem like very sweet girls, too, Daddy Peters replied. For sure. I think we might even have some good talent, too. What'd you think about our practice today? It was highly organized. And you did a great job running the scrimmage, Coach. We definitely need to teach the girls to slide, though. Oh, absolutely. How about we schedule a special practice to teach the girls to slide this Sunday morning, Coach Connors suggested. Well, that would be great, Daddy Peters responded. But we won't be able to make it. We go to church on Sundays. You do? What church do you go to? We attend Evergreen Reformed Church, not too far from here. Interesting. Coach Connors seemed earnest. My wife grew up going to church, and oftentimes she suggests that we go to church together. Well, you're welcome to come to our church if you'd like, Daddy Peters offered. Maybe I will. I think it would be good to get that kind of structure in Sally and Sarah's life. Lots of good people go to church. Well, Daddy Peters responded, I think I know what you mean, but trust me, we aren't any good actually. I'm as bad as they come, and it's just that God is good, and any good that you might see in me is only because of him. Though Coach Connors nodded, he didn't seem to quite understand. It was getting late, and Mama Peters would be expecting them, so Daddy Peters and Penelope loaded up the car and began the drive home. After talking about practice, Daddy Peters asked Penelope what she thought of Coach Connors. Oh, he's so kind, Daddy. He's super patient and funny. 
And then she scrunched up her nose. But he also says stuff that I don't think you or Mama Peters would think is too good. What kind of stuff? Daddy Peters asked. Like, oh, like, like about loving yourself and forgiving yourself and all that stuff? His three rules? I don't know why, but I just don't think those are very good rules. Nellie, I'm really glad to hear you say that. I'm glad that the Holy Spirit is working in your life to help you know when you hear something that doesn't match up with God's word. You are absolutely right. Let's take a few minutes to compare Coach Connor's rules with God's rules. Rule number one, Coach Connor said, is to love yourself and respect yourself. But that's exactly the opposite of what God tells us. God's number one rule is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In fact, the Bible tells us that we naturally think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. In Philippians 2.3, we are actually told to exalt others more highly than ourselves and to consider others as more important than ourselves. We also need to remember that there is nothing lovable about ourselves. Christ died for us while we were his enemies. He loved us while we were dead in our sins. And that leads us to Coach Connor's rule number two, to forgive ourselves. But did you know that the Bible never speaks to forgiving ourselves? Ever. Yes, the Bible talks about forgiveness, but it's that we should forgive others in the same way that God has forgiven us. Sometimes we might hear someone say, but I just can't forgive myself. But when you know Jesus, you can confess your sin to him, who, as you know, in 1 John 1, 9 says, he's faithful to forgive that sin. And if you've wronged somebody else, then you need to confess your sin to them and tell them you're sorry and ask for their forgiveness. Think about it this way, Penn. You know how every once in a while, you and Pearson will have a knockdown, drag out argument. Penelope couldn't help but giggle. <laughs> oh, Daddy, don't remind me. What would happen, Nellie, if you and Pearson had one of those fights? And then you apologized, and you told him how sorry you were, and you told him you loved him, and you asked his forgiveness, and you confessed your sin to the Lord. But you wouldn't accept Pearson's forgiveness or the Lord's forgiveness. You continued to think about your sin, and you felt bad and guilty all over again. So you went to the garage and you took a big 50-pound weight that you could hardly pick up and you put it in a backpack and you flung it over your shoulder. You carried it all day. You didn't take it off even once. When you ate, when you played, and you didn't even take it off when you took a shower. You were sad and glum all day long. And when Mama Peters would ask, What's the matter, Pen? You would say, I can't forgive myself I've got this weight of guilt on my back. And you felt exhausted under the weight, and you nearly collapsed. Penelope had been listening intently to all of what Daddy had been saying, but she excitedly interjected. Oh, I get what you're saying, Daddy Peters. I was carrying around the guilt of my sin all day when it had already been forgiven. No wonder I was so tired. My focus was on my sin. So, of course, I felt guilty. Right, Pen? Exactly. But when you focus on Jesus and his power and faithfulness to forgive sin, then you can throw that weight off your back and be free. So, someone who says, I just can't forgive myself, is really just feeling guilt. And they don't have to feel guilt if they confess their sins to God and to whomever else they sinned against. God took that awful guilt away and placed it on Jesus. 
But Pan, I also want to talk to you about the last rule that Coach Connors gave us. Rule number three, to follow our hearts. The only problem is, though, the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9, that all the intentions of our hearts are evil and desperately wicked. No, we are not to follow our hearts. We're to follow Christ. And you know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 from having learned it at Awana, right, Pen? Sure I do. Penelope quickly began to recite the verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. So I think I understand all of that, Daddy Peters. But why did you let Coach Connors keep talking about all those things to us girls? Why didn't you interrupt him and tell him the truth? Because, Penelope, we need to show respect. He is still the coach, and there's a time and place for everything. Remember the words to the song, Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love? I think the most loving thing at that moment was just to be patient and wait for a proper time. Coach Connors is a very sweet man, and he seemed genuinely interested in going to church with us. Well, maybe we should call him and invite him to church again, Penelope offered. Hey, that's not a bad idea, Pen. And let's invite Coach and his family to lunch, too. I'll make sure to clear it with Mama Peters, but I'm sure she won't mind. Nellie, I am so thankful to the Lord that we've had this good conversation And I'm so thankful that even though you recognize that Coach Connors is a very sweet man and a really good coach, that what he was saying was not exactly right. I praise God that you're growing in discernment and wisdom. But I still don't know as many verses as you do, Daddy Peters. That's okay, Nellie. I have a whole lot of years on you. You're young. But if you read your Bible and pray every day, God's Spirit will lead you. As they neared home... Penelope stared out the window at the familiar surroundings and prayed silently. Lord, please help me to take the time to read my Bible and pray every day so that I can grow more discerning and love you even more. And oh yeah, thanks Lord for a great day of practice. Amen. Hello. Thanks for joining me in Grandmom's Corner. We hope that this story, along with our other stories, prompts you to read the Bible every day. If you don't know how to read just yet, We encourage you to listen as your parents read it to you. It is of utmost importance that you regularly read God's Word and pray every day. When you do, you'll learn to think biblically. That means when you read or hear something that doesn't sound exactly quite right, you'll have discernment because it doesn't match up with what the Bible says. For example, let's take Coach Connor's rule number three, follow your heart. Daddy Peters used the Bible verse in Jeremiah 17.9 to help Penelope understand that our hearts are evil and we can't rely on them. It's like this. How about when your parents tell you it's time for bed? They've already extended the bedtime for you a little bit because you've been working on a puzzle, but it's gotten late and you need to get up early the next morning. How do you respond? Do you obey? As it says to do in Ephesians 6.1, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Or do you listen to your heart, which tells you there's only a couple more pieces And then the puzzle will be complete. So you go to bed and you turn off the light, but you turn on your lamp and you finish up the puzzle. Do you see how listening to your heart caused you to disobey God and your parents? It reminds me of the time my husband, who our grandkids call Papa, listened to his heart and disobeyed his mom when he was about six years old. His mom was going grocery shopping and he was staying at home with his dad and other siblings. She told him that he was not to go to the nearby playground while she was gone. But after his mom left, 
he decided that he wanted to go to the playground despite the directive from his mom. And his dad, who got busy doing something and really wasn't paying attention, let him go. My husband knew that he should have obeyed, but he wanted his own way and he followed his sinful heart. He wasn't at the playground long before he went down the slide. In those days, they were nice and high and made of metal and they were extremely slippery so you could go fast. The first time he went down, all went well. However, on the second time, he climbed the steps and was at the very top step when he lost his balance. He went crashing to the ground, narrowly missing the concrete. His face was badly scraped and bleeding, and when he got home, and then when his mom got home, she was none too happy. Now, he most certainly could have fallen down the slide even if his mom had given him permission to go to the playground, but the Bible is clear. Children are to obey their parents. Instead, he listened to his heart, tell him to go ahead and go. Pay close attention to what Proverbs 28:26 in the Bible says about people who follow their hearts. Those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. This week, follow Jesus and not your heart, and don't be a fool. We'll be here next week, the Lord willing. Bye for now.